VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Wine Times, brought to you in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club, with me, comedian and wine novice, Susie Ruffle. And me, Will Lyons, the Sunday Times Wine Columnist and Vice President of the Sunday Times Wine Club. Throughout this series, I have taken up the much-coveted role as Apprentice of Wine to try and become the master of all things grape-related. But you won't be on this journey alone, Susie. Oh no, every episode we'll be joined by a well-known guest for some good wine, good times and lively conversation. And don't forget, if you like the sound of any of the wines we have on the show, then fear not, because they're available through the Sunday Times Wine Club. If you haven't signed up yet, there'll be a link in the episode description for you. So, whether you're an expert with a broad palette... Or you think a cab sav is a street-smart taxi... In this show, you're sure to find something to your taste. We're here in the fabulous church-turned-boozy destination Amazing Grace in London Bridge, ready to bless the wine and have a good time. Sipping along with Susie and myself today is the broadcaster, podcaster, actor, writer, and the only man who wears a pocket square better than me, the comedian Tom Allen. Oh, hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> and I'm so embarrassed I didn't wear a pocket square today because I thought it was going to be such a boozy affair that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be required to have a pocket square. So how embarrassing. Uh, you have such a beautiful one. Well, I'm wearing my sort of silk yellow one because mm. it's May. And I thought, ah. you know, spring is here. Well, that's nice. Do you have rules like that? Yeah. That's good well, idea. Have... Now, if you're not yeah. aware of Tom... I mean, I'm pretty sure you are, but you might know him for his incredible prowess as a stand-up comedian. But as the years have gone by, he's added many a string to his bow. He hosted all sorts of shows and spin-off shows for our TV screens from The Apprentice You're Fired and Bake Off The Professionals to hosting the red carpet at this year's BAFTAs. And more importantly, as a teenager, he was the youngest ever member of the Noel Coward Society. He recently hosted The Island on Dave, but today we want to find out the perfect wine for Tom to be shipwrecked with. Oh, I'm very excited about this. What a treat. Do you like wine, Tom? No. <laughs> <laughs> End of podcast. <laughs> no, I love it. I, um, I still exist in, uh, in my mind. If somebody offers me a glass of wine, I behave as though it could be the last glass of wine I'll ever have. So I can never <laughs> say, no, I'm fine, thanks. I'll say, yes, please. And if they say, would you like some more? I go, yes, please. As though, as though it would, it's beyond the realms of possibility that I could go and buy a bottle of wine on the way home. I, I just, I don't know. I'm... I, no, I, 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 I completely sympathise with that. And I think, I think it might be a Northern European or oh. a British thing, is it? That we, that, that we, I think we do need to slow it down a little. Yeah. And, um, you know, sort of, we were talking about this with um, uh, 
Marcus Waring about opening, you know, all the sort of ritual and snobbery around wine. It is yeah. actually there for a reason. Now, you know, you can discard it if you want to. But, you know, pulling the cork or snapping the screw cap, choosing the right glassware and then yeah. pouring oh. it out. That's what I like. My favourite thing is when um, you order a wine in a restaurant and they take away the glasses on the table and they come back with these massive glasses. That's all. I, sometimes, I've, now I'm a bit older, I do sometimes say, I want the one with the fancy glasses. Because it's such a huge... And then suddenly you've got this table full of glassware, like, like it's a John Lewis or something. Yeah. Like you look, you've just got all these massive glasses. Um, and I, I love that ceremony. I had a really lovely experience because I treated my parents to... Um, taking them to the Savoy Grill a couple of years ago. And the sommelier there um, was very elaborate in the theatrics of it and brought out a candle. Yes. And um, and a holder, decanted it, used, used the, um, had a spike thing with a chain that he put on the cork that he dangled round the, round the decanter like a necklace. Yeah. So you knew, because obviously the name of the wine, I never realised why the wine, the name of the wine was on the cork. So if you imagine it's the first series of Downton Abbey yes. and you're bringing up a bottle from the cellar, it won't necessarily have a label on because in the Edwardian times. So you had a neck label oh. to show you the year as well. Oh. And the reason they're using a candle is because you decant an old bottle of wine for numerous reasons but one of the reasons is because over time that they can collect little sort of dead yeast cells at the bottom we call sort of mm, sediment delicious <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so you have the yeah, candle like as you Marmite. pour it you can see through the neck and you oh. can just stop the sediment going through into the decanter now he probably also had a cloth or yes. some wire mesh yes. to catch the sediment yes yeah yeah i'd never seen anything like that before i think there's something very special about a trolley I yes. used to work at um, my dad's golf club and I was in charge of the dessert trolley. I don't mean to brag about my <laughs> uh, foodie credentials, everybody, but um, <laughs> I would be in charge of decanting the um, bought-in desserts onto, um, onto, um, onto, the trolley. A, onto a dessert trolley, yes. And I would serve them, but I, I still enjoy that theatrics of something being wheeled over to where you're yeah. sitting. And um, when the sommelier did this, it was we just absolutely loved it. And, I mean, we'd been presented... In that way that fancy restaurants do, they come over with a whole, like, GCSE geography coursework <laughs> folder uh, full of wines. And you get, they go, would you like a bottle of wine? You go, well, yes, but I don't, like, I don't, want, every, I don't want to see every wine in the world. <laughs> Just, so he, he talked us through it. I mean, I mean, probably, I don't know, maybe upsold us. I don't know, but I enjoyed it. I didn't regret that. I, I said, well, what would you recommend? He said, well, I've got this one, I've got this one. And it was getting a little bit more expensive. And I, I think I plumped for the one in the middle. But it was definitely worth it for the fun of it. And we were also, it was really special. Oh, you're going to love this podcast. Oh, great. <laughs> you're about to have a great afternoon, Tom. Oh, good. Do you remember the first time you had wine? Um, yes. On holiday with mum and dad in Portugal, and for some reason, we were in an alleyway. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I remember... Like very, sitting in chairs in an alleyway. Yes, it not. was some sort of alfresco eating scenario. Sounds lovely. And minimal. Min- minimal, very pared back. You know, in that way, the 80s, you know, Judith Chalmers has encouraged you to go yeah. there. And um, my mom has got like, you know, uh, her perm. And my dad, always wearing very short shorts. It was the 80s, different times. And um, <laughs> and sat outside having sardines, which yes. I still, whenever I have like a barbecued sardine in Europe, always reminds me of that time. Yeah. And a very small glass of, of white wine um, that I remember having. And with the, I think it was under the, that, that banner of like, well, in Europe, all the children drink. are drunk. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, people always say that in this country. Like, oh, in Europe, the children are absolutely smashed. So don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> to, to Tom, were you in North... 
Portugal or South Portugal? I was approximately five years old, so I don't know. <laughs> I was just thinking is, it could have been, if you're in Northport, it could have been a Vina Verde, which is a slightly spritzy white wine oh. called the green wine. And it goes so well, as you say, with the sort of sardines and the oily fish that they have Ooh. there. I, I think it's actually one of the most delicious snacks or meals um yeah it's so fabulous isn't it Mm. just the i like anything barbecued basically yeah but um yeah i remember having those those things for the first time and being like oh yeah i can i can get get on board with this this. yeah because you're a very you're very classy i would say tom well i know we're we're dear, dear friends, so I know the truth. But to the untrained eye, to the untrained eye, no, you're you're always you always you dress immaculately, you speak beautifully. Wow. Do you feel like you've got a refined taste when it comes to wine? Well, everything about taste? me is fake. Um, right, I have right. a posh voice. I've been cursed with this posh voice because I'm from a very normal background uh, in southeast London, and um, my parents talk like very normal Londoners and are not from any highfalutin families or anything like that. So everything, but I, I just always had this posh voice. So people have always assumed I'm somewhat more refined than I am and are always quite surprised when I'm, you know, maybe drinking vodka out of a plastic bag. <laughs> so, um, You're not still doing that, are you, love? You're no, on the telly now. <laughs> but I like living up to, trying to live up to that mm. refinedness. Should we start with that? Yes. Line? Well, Susie, you got me quite nervous about this. I'm always saying that you said Why? that Tom had a champagne fridge in his house. I just said there's always a lot of champagne in Tom's so, um, house. Tom actually told me, when I was at his birthday party last year, oh, Tom told me that the champagne was so good that it didn't give you a hangover. So I drank loads mm, of it and then what? felt stressed. champagne, you don't get a hangover. Mm. Yes, it wasn't that good. (laughs) Talking of celebrations, we have a huge celebration coming up. 70 years. Oh, yes. Is it the Platinum Jubilee? Yes. And so I thought we would start, of course, with um, a glass of bubbles. But where better than in the shadow of Windsor Castle? So this is actually the 2019 Windsor Great Park Sparkling Rosé. Oh, Um, wow. The vineyard was planted in 2011 uh, by the by Tony Lathwaite. Oh, yeah. And he, he sort of come full circle because Tony Lathwaite began his career under the arches in... Uh, I'll tell this story. Winter. I think the story goes in 2010, they were late with an order for the royal household. It was Anne Linda, and she, as a, an apology, gave a bottle of sparkling wine. And the people at Windsor Castle said, well, why don't we plant a vineyard here? Great idea. So they did in 2011. So um, if you planted it in 2011, when would you be seeing a bottle of wine? Well, the first grapes were 2013. Now, with sparkling wine, you can use young grapes to oh. make wine, you know, because it's high in acidity. On a, on a great vineyard, the great vineyards of the world, you really are waiting about 20 to 30 years. For, because what you want That's is you, you want to stress the vine and you want the fruit to be quite concentrated. So if you imagine, you don't want a young, rigorous, um, that has, you know... Um, well, uh, I can't uh, tell you uh, the uh, tension uh, that's in the room yes, at the sorry, moment. I'm as I'm watching you undo this. the top of that sparkling wine, <laughs> and I'm just like, it's going to explode. We'll do this for a job. <laughs> is, is, no, but it's so thrilling, isn't it? Is it going to be a big explosion? I think no, it might be. Because I'm gripping the, um, the cork, hopefully. Here we go. Um, wait for it, wait for it. So the, just, You can't relax. You can't relax the while the cage is off. The cage is off. So that is... I mean, that, that can really damage you. I think you can get up to sort of 88 miles an hour. You need to hold the cord. Whoa! Whoa! Can we get that on camera? <laughs> and if you hold it at 45 degrees, oh, it yes. never spills out. Oh. Now, I never have my, I never have my uh, compass with me. 
<laughs> protractor, my protractor. Yeah. I never have my protractor with me. Could you change that? Yeah, do <laughs> but use the laugh from <laughs> yeah. when we... Oh, I can smell this already. It smells wonderful. Oh, sort of biscuity and something. I so this know, has been served uh, by Her Majesty at state banquets at Buckingham Palace. Wow. And I was thinking, what a way to kick off this. What is it, a three, four-day weekend? Yeah, <laughs> I've kept it free of... as well. Yeah. I want to be very much on board with no, that. I'm not pouring that. Look at that. Oh, That's look at that. Oh, it's like, that looks like a beer. Yeah, <laughs> so I haven't. I, sorry. I, Oh, this is exciting, um, isn't it? Now, look at the bubbles. Let's have a look. So the, the, we call that the mousse. And that is brilliant white, isn't it? So that sort of frothiness at the top. And then it's this sort of pale salmon pink bronzy carrot. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what would these grapes look like? Because obviously it's quite obvious with red and white. But with rosé, it's one of my... Every yeah. week I ask one or two stupid Sorry. questions. Yeah, so, no. I've started drinking. You think of grapes as white and red, don't you? Mm-hmm. But actually yeah. they're green and blue. Oh. And a red wine grape looks like blueberries that you would buy in Waitrose. Actually doesn't look like a table grape that you have at home. Right. Oh. And a white grape looks sort of green, but they're sort of round. They're, they're round, quite small, they? yeah. yeah. Oh. And this is a blend, a traditional champagne blend. So this is Chardonnay, Pinot Noir and Pinot Meunier. And the colour comes from the skin. So there's two ways of making rosé. You can either mix white or red wine, but mostly you get your red grapes, Pinot Noir, and you just gently press it. Gently. So you, you, after you've harvested them, you gently press it. And the juice should run a little bit sort of... Uh, I'm trying to describe that colour, sort of ochre amber colour. Yeah. And it's got more body to it. So I think these are great with... Um, I, I always like to serve... Uh, sparkling rosé with food. It's fantastic with food. Oh. What would you serve with this? Well, I was looking up this morning. I think there is a Jubilee tart with ingredients... <laughs> Don't call him that! <laughs> <laughs> with ingredients no, we all like from, to have a nice time. From all four corners of the United Kingdom. Oh, that's exciting. So cheddar cheese from England, mm-hmm. salmon from Scotland, oh. uh, leek from Wales, oh, yes. and potatoes from Northern Ireland. Oh, yeah. And then you put it in the oven, and this would go really well. Anyway, but 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 the, the the classic one I would say would be smoked salmon, which d- d- doesn't have to be expensive now. You can get smoked salmon, you know, with um, mm. bellinis or on bread. Oh yeah, um, I like that. Little, I tell you what, I do like to do is little chunks of parmesan. Mm. Oh, good parmesan. Yes, because parmesan has umami in that fifth sense, and you get that in sparkling wine as well. So you get umami as well. Just a chunk cheese. of parmesan. Yeah, and then you put it with with um, a really rich sparkling wine or champagne, and you get umami synergy. Mm. Well, let's have a taste, shall we? Let's, let's see oh. what we think. Sorry, I'm, um, I was bashing. Whoops. I know. I've tasted it. I really um, like it. Can I have a top up for the... Mm. the uh, um, I don't want to repeat myself too much for the listeners who are no, following this series, to but two ways of smelling. One is orthonasal. And one is retronasal. And orthonasal is when you can Recto-nasal, smell... Retronasal, did you say? No, um, <laughs> retro. I was going to say, this yeah. podcast has really taken a turn. <laughs> so, so orthonasal is like when you smell coffee beans. I fancy. I knew <laughs> <laughs> Orthonasal is, is like you know, if you smell perfume at the airport or coffee being ground or you open the bottle of a shampoo uh, open a, um, and you can smell the shampoo. 
in the shower. That's I'd all love to see you in the, in the shampoo aisle. <laughs> going along the L'Oreal. Swill- Had a ball in this. When you're opening this, a 45 degree angle. <laughs> Head and, and shoulders, then, 2018. Yeah. Absolutely fabulous. And then um, retro when you put it in your mouth and you, and you sort of... Pull air across it. Oh, that's yes, what I that's was what, doing. That's what I see people do. Because your sense of smell is your olfactory bulb, which is the front lobe of your, of your brain. So it's not your nose, it's just a funnel. But there's another sort of hatch at the back of your palate. So you've probably seen it on YouTube. Or, yes, Tom, that's better. <laughs> You're very good. It's, I'm not... It's lovely. Um, the trouble is I'm not very good because what I did there was I put too much in my mouth. <laughs> that's what I nearly did when I drew air across it is suck it into my lungs. <laughs> <laughs> so and now Tom's have, got an iron lung. Now, That's such a sad end. Drown, to the what a way to drown as well in a Windsor Great Park uh, sparkling yeah. pink champagne. Talking of Windsor, though, wine. Tom, you've done the Royal Variety, haven't you? Look, I don't like to talk about it, but yes, <laughs> it's true. Did you I'd, have fun? Um, yes, it's quite a terrifying gig. Yes, where um, was it? At the Palladium. It was at the Palladium, and um, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge were there, and they were very, very nice. It, it, the, the. The people who sit in the stalls, I think, are very excited to be in the room with royalty. And um, uh, do they check to see if they're laughing? I think so a bit. Yeah. yeah. Also, as it's very traditional in the way that in variety, comedians were always thrown out in front of the curtain to just talk over whatever was happening behind. So, and you're sort of the lowest of the low. So you get thrown out, and you, they're just changing the scenery behind you. So you hear the <laughs> clunking of them dismantling you know, the Chinese state circus acrobatics paraphernalia and putting together like... Cirque Paloma, du Soleil. Cirque du Soleil, you know, <laughs> Paloma Faith's um, uh, crane or something. So it's it's all, there's lots of clanging in the background and you go, oh yeah, so it's quite distracting. But um, it was a lovely experience. And I have to say, I had a lovely time chatting to both of them. They were very nice. And I think the Queen has a great sense of humour. I think they say. yeah. Well, she did would. that sketch with Daniel Craig once. And that I made me think, think that yes. she was alive. That, that Olympics... Opening ceremony, I think, is one of the funniest yeah. things I've ever seen. Yeah. Because what's brilliant about the way that the Queen does it is when she's coming into the stadium, she just quietly just adjusted her <laughs> hair, her, her hair <laughs> yeah. which is such a like subtle, um, brilliant piece of physical comedy. To, to go, yes, just jumped out of that helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Who's what? your favourite physical comedian? I'd have to say her room. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, yeah, they. I just thought that was gr- such a great mm. way it was, to do it. Was it. Such a feel-good time, wasn't it? Oh, wasn't twenty twelve great? It was a great summer. But I, I have to say, on all the wines we taste. There's a sort of DNA about the wine. It's either the aroma, the texture, the aftertaste, or and I think with this, the DNA is this wonderful brisk acidity. It leaves your mouth, doesn't it? It's a mm. real, it's a real sort of brisk mm-hmm. po- um, pick me up. Yeah, it's it feels yeah. like a real upper, doesn't yeah. it? It's there's really... lots of citrus. Yeah, yeah, and that and that is the um, the mark of English sparkling wine. You know, they call it the English acidity. That sort of spine. Of- what are you very excited about the um, onslaught of? Um, <laughs> English sparkling wines. I am. It's fantastic. We, we now have a handful of really top estates who can compete at the very top level in terms of sparkling wine. We also have some interesting still wines coming through, oh, right. such as Bacchus. Oh, yeah. And um, th- they tend to be white. Uh, I was going to ask, we, are there many reds? There's a few reds. There's a few sites in Kent where they can ripen the Pinot Noir to an extent, but only in, only in good years. Mm. Um, but climate changes has certainly helped the English wine industry. I mean, um, you've I, got to find your perks. You? You've got to find your perks. I, I do think as well, though, 
it's quite interesting because it seems Kent is leading the way with it yeah. a lot of the time. Um, and it's quite nice to be like, oh, I'll have a glass of champagne because it's from the region Champagne in, in France. How lovely. But I don't know if I can imagine people in the future going, well, let's sit down and have a nice glass of Maidstone. <laughs> or Chatham. <laughs> Chatham Dockyards. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? Oh, this Medway is delicious. <laughs> this has been the big challenge, actually. So it's, it's the southern counties of Kent, Sussex and Hampshire. What do we call it? I mean, oh. we... Rich. Do we call it bubbles? <laughs> you know, we 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 we, we, oh, yeah. we do we call it English champagne? I think there was a name to call it Grand Bretagne or something like that, or you know. So, so we are looking for a name to call our English. I mean, I quite like Tom, English sparkling wine. What would I call it? Um, Let's get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> what about Britfizz? Like Britpop? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea, Susie. Exactly. Yeah. Or oh, what about Britpop? Oh, Britpop, yeah, yes. Listen, sort of you've like, got contacts. Yeah. Tell them they can have the name as long as they put my face on every bottle. Oh, that's a good deal. <laughs> that's a great deal. <laughs> yeah. Susan would love that. I think everyone would. It, it has happened quite quickly as well. I so, uh, suppose the yeah. last 25 years, we have accelerated to this position where we're now competing. And, and you only have to look at the champagne houses who are coming over here to invest in land. Are they? Yeah. Um, because I they feel like anybody with potential. an allotment outside Sevenoaks is just yeah. coining yeah. it in, aren't they? Seven hundred. I mean, th- there's been this wave of planting um, mm. that stretched all the way down to Cornwall, Dorset, really? Berkshire, where we are, yeah. and then moves up to Essex as well. Essex has a lovely climate. Um, I know, people yeah. don't realise that. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> why. They never talk about the climate, do they? No. Shall we? Well, it's because of all the fake tan. It's, <laughs> <laughs> they don't mention they don't the climate because they've got a tan anyway. So That's so true, but Susie. Think, well done for... Thank you. 700 oh. vineyards now in, in, in England and Wales. And 700? Yeah, the, it, it's astonishing. Every time you look at the uh, stats, they go up and up and up. So, Tom, what do you think of this wine? I like it a lot. I think there is something with sparkling wines... Because of that ceremony that you have to basically aim it away from people's eyes, yeah. um, that makes it extra special, yeah. <laughs> and um, that uh, it does feel very fun. Anyway, I think um, for me, sparkling ones, I always like them to be quite dry, yes, because otherwise they do taste like the sort of more alcopop experiences yeah. of my youth, and so. I like this. And that's the appeal of Prosecco, is it's quite sweet. Mm. Yes. It can be quite sweet. And you, and you sort of, easy to drink. But what happens there, I find, easy to drink for the first glass. And then, and then it becomes cloying. Yeah, cloying. And, um, and you're absolutely right. The dryness is, is perfect with food. Mm. It feels, yeah, yeah, it feels very foody. It feels very um, a summer's day. Yeah. But you were, sort of delicious you, you were right to say that after I removed the cage... The cork became live, and that was that really did pop off, didn't it? Well, actually? my question about this is, because when I worked at the golf club, I was always told, once you've removed the cage, the cork can fly off yeah. at any point. And that's the point of the cage being there. So my thing is, the cage is quite fiddly. So you, un- you undo the little wiry thing, mm. broaden it out to take it off. But then you've got that in one hand. How you, This live cork, as I you know. say, is sort of there. But you've got the cage in one hand. What are you supposed to do with the cage? Do you th- you I tend throw to, it over your shoulder. Do you throw, is there like, a, there it's should like be like salt. a thing. It's like you know, salt like, to hit the devil in the, in the face. Is, is that what that's tricky? For? Yes. So you, you throw the cage to hit the devil in the face. The and then, and then you, you have the champagne. Listening to Wine Times, brought to you with the help of our friends at the Sunday Times Wine Club, your go-to experts for fantastic wine. And don't forget, 
If you like the sound of any of the wines we've been tasting in this episode, there'll be a link to them in the podcast description. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I think a great first wine. Loved that. Yeah. Where are we going to? Well, it might be glass. I was going to say it. I'm going to empty my spittoon. Although we have three glasses, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> so we are leaving. Oh, yes. Why did you do that? I so... did it, but I was so used to having one glass, and um, well, we're leaving. I'll drink the spittoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Windsor Great Park, um, um, the Borough County of Berkshire, and we can actually just get a, a very luxurious um, car to drive us to Terminal 5. Oh, I'd like that. And we're going to Europe. We're going to the Adriatic Sea for our second wine. And I chose this wine because I was, you know, we are entering holiday season. Yeah. And this is a popular holiday destination now. And, an, and as a sort of unlikely wine-producing country, it's Croatia. Oh, how lovely. So we have a white wine from Croatia. Have you been to Croatia, Tom? I have, actually, on a gay cruise. <laughs> <laughs> a cruise? A cruise. And I was a long time ago doing some gigs for them and we stopped in um, Dubrovnik. Was it nice? Did you like it? Very beautiful. And um, that whole area is so stunning. So thank you very much. And I think there's a snobbery or a history of us always drinking French wines, maybe Italian, maybe Spanish. And I'm always very excited when I see wines from Turkey, wines from Croatia, yeah. wines from Bulgaria, wines from, from, from Greece. And, it, and if you think of the cradle of sort of wine production, you know, mm-hmm. going th- back thousands of years, I think 4,000 years almost, it's almost a sort of maps human civilization. The, one of the first beverages we learned how to produce was wine. I think just off the coast of Croatia, where you've got thousands of islands there in the Adriatic Sea, that was some of the earliest... Um, recorded places where wine was made, along with Georgia as well, before anybody writes in. Now, this is made from Croatia's most famous grape variety, Grasvina, mm-hmm. which is blended with perhaps the most famous grape variety of them all, Chardonnay. Oh. And it's a sort of crisp 
white wine. But have a look at the colour there. Yeah, it's really yellow. Yeah, really. Yeah, so I would always call that golden, almost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's rich, isn't it? I was going to say um, highlighter yellow, but yeah, that's good yeah. for golden. <laughs> or if you wanted to be, you know... Um, <laughs> Delish. Do, do, do you remember the old days when you got uh, lockets? Yeah. And then oh, you spent them in two. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> lovely throat lozenge yeah. has been opened out into a glass. Um, yeah. Grasvina, the grape variety, is used for making sweet wine as well. So that's probably that lovely colour. It smells really oh, sweet. I love a dessert it smells wine. like... Do you love a dessert I wine? I love a dessert yeah. wine. Oh, I yeah, wish so I'd do we. Uh, we have uh, I have some. I was given some just a couple of weeks ago. So it's in my wine wardrobe. I could have bought it. Um, <laughs> I like that. The, the wine wardrobe. The wine wardrobe. <laughs> I did not put it in myself. The previous owners of the house did. And I have to say, it's very handy. Yeah, very handy. I'm just handy. about to. Well, I've got um, several storage places, but I'm just about to renovate a new cupboard. And I'm going to buy myself a, a very fancy wine. Wine wardrobe cabinet. Very nice. Um, if you do put a bottle in, in your fridge, I imagine your fancy wine wardrobe has a temperature gauge, doesn't it? Yes. Um, you don't want to keep it sort of five degrees. That's too cold. Oh, really? I so think for whites, for sparkling wine, that's degrees. okay. I mean, it's okay, but it, but it just means that you're you're sort of muting the aromatics and the flavour. Oh, right. I think you want it between about seven and eight. Seven and eight. And okay. then for red wine, 16. So you want... I think red wine is actually more important than white wine in terms of temperature. Oh, and then really? a lot of us are serving red wines too warm. Yeah. And you want oh, red okay. wines that are slightly cool to touch. My house is an old house and it has that, you know, it's got that cupboard mm-hmm. at the front. I guess it was a coal scuff yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And that's quite cool. Maybe I should put my yeah, but in you there. Yeah, put them there. In fact, if, if it's a Victorian house, you probably don't even need a wine wardrobe. You could just build one into, you know, a little cupboard in the, in the hall that would probably be cool enough. Yeah, maybe actually. Does it have a cellar as well? Might do. Um, well, the kitchen is the cellar. Yeah. So. Oh, um, you bet. Yeah, great. Um, the sunken kitchen. Sunken it's kitchen. a sunken kitchen, like the sunken cathedral by Debussy. I, <laughs> um, I, yes, I do like going down there to drink. You do have to be careful though if you're drinking in the basement, because of course that does mean at the end of the evening you will have to ascend <laughs> some rather precarious stairs, which did. I did come a cropper on <laughs> when I last year um, got very drunk and um, my friends were trying to help me up the stairs. But of course, when one is that drunk and you can't grip the banister, you are liable to fall back onto the ceramic tiling. Ooh. And so apparently it was like an Agatha Christie and <laughs> I caught my eyebrow and the blood apparently just like like a like a murder mystery. Yeah. Just spread out across the... Oh, what a lovely floor. story to share. What a love. Well, the thing was my... I was um, working with a new cleaning lady and she was starting the following week and it's quite embarrassing to have to explain like, I'm sorry, my house is covered in blood. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Please don't call the authorities. And it was mine. <laughs> well, what would he call it if it was an Agatha Christie novel? Would it be called uh, Death of a Comedian or Death oh, of a Wine Cellar? Yes. Or uh, Tom Allen is Dead? It would, yes, it would be something <laughs> like that, wouldn't it? Yeah. Tom, um, um, Tom Allen. Uh, rolling with Laughter. Yes. Yeah, or Fall... Yeah, it'd be something about like an artist ascending a staircase. Can't stand up for falling down. It'd be the if they televised it, it'd be the opening scene, wouldn't it? The party. Yes. You going up to the stairs, then he's dead. He's dead. Yeah. What are we gonna do? Hide the body. <laughs> Hide the body in the wine wardrobe. <laughs> what shall I chill him at? <laughs> Seven fine. Seven to eight is perfect. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that wine. Yes. Sorry, well, I, let, did let, I try let, it too let, soon? No. no. Oh, it's never too It's actually not on the coast. So we're in the northeast of Croatia. So we're over the, the Alps there. This is the 2018 Maximo Oro. Let's have a taste. Oh. Mmm. 
That's so much lighter than I thought it was going to mm. be. It feels like it's got quite a honey yeah. sweetness. Honey, almost um, ripe apple. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But also there's a little bit of, um, it's savoury, isn't it? There's yes. a little bit of herbs, green herbs there. Yes. But And, and it, it's so. got that, what I would call without getting too into wine speak, we would call it minerality, but salinity. It's just dry on the palate. Very dry. But that texture, it's sort of that, it has that, sorry to, so, so I, I'm getting off on one a bit. But no, you're not. You always look of, um, at me like you're doing something wrong. You're not. I'm viscosity. interested. Viscosity. Do you know what I mean? Visco- the oh, texture, yeah. oily texture. I love viscous. <laughs> always wear it. Um, um, also, Will, um, I want to ask you about Chardonnay, because I... Have we ever had Chardonnay together, Susie? Uh, probably. <laughs> People are very um, snooty about it. I don't know why it became like the wine du jour of the it did. late 80s. And then after that, people were kind of like, oh, no, I hate that. But I've maybe it's my slightly blunted palate. But I, from, you know, growing up in the 80s when it was Finder's Crispy Pancakes. Mm. and um, <laughs> Which pairs lovely with which, this, Does actually. that go with this? That's perfect. <laughs> but I wonder, like... I kind of really like bold flavours, yeah. and I feel like a Chardonnay. I really like that kind of punchy it's, richness. I don't know what it is about Chardonnay. So, for a start, the most expensive white wines in the world are made from Chardonnay. Arguably, the, the, the three greatest wine villages for white wine are Merceau, Pouligny Montrachet, and Sassani Montrachet, are all made from Chardonnay. Now, you could say Riesling as well, but um, what happened in the 80s was. It travels very well, and it's easy to plant and make half-decent wine out of. So everyone grew it. Australia burst on to the British scene with Chardonnay. They put Chardonnay on the label. They aged it in oak, and it got this rich, buttery vanilla character. Okay. And the argument against it was it was too ubiquitous, Mm. and it was was sort of one-dimensional. So you, you had this sort of massive backlash against it. You know, yeah. the sort of ABC, anything but Chardonnay. Oh, But yeah. actually, I think to be really so counterintuitive funny, that? now. That kind of... Yeah. Or, Bridget Jones, isn't it? Mm. To be like ABC. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> but but actually now, it's, it's, it, it, it makes some of the greatest wines in the world and it has that... And there's nothing wrong with, you know, liking Chardonnay and it has that sort of, you know, full-bodied... It takes oak well, so it has that vanilla, it can be buttery. Or it can be the absolute opposite. It can be, um, for example, in Chablis, it can be unoaked. And it can be very crisp and mm. linear and quite clean and pure. Um, so it has many guises. And, of course, it makes champagne. If you have Blanc de Blanc, that's 100% Chardonnay. Oh. So it can make three different... So if anyone says to you, I don't like Chardonnay, you just say, well... Well, I'll you... take that champagne back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the other thing is, is that if you don't want to, fit to, to um, finish a bottle, put the cork in and then just put it in the fridge. I have this thing called Wine Save, which pumps in a little bit of, I think it's argon gas that sits above the wine. Oh. This is interesting. I tried a Pinot Noir. I went away for 10 days. I gassed it, or, you know, squirted the gas mm. in, put it in the fridge, in quite a cold fridge, mm. came back. Pulled the cork. It was still fresh after ten days. Wow! Because it hadn't been disturbed. It was in a dark fridge. Yeah. What do you think the 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 jig is with all the popper teaspoon in the top of a? No, that, that, that doesn't work. That's I don't know nonsense. where that came from. Yeah, uh, it's just, like one of those things, yeah. isn't it? 
Yeah. I was on an EasyJet flight recently and I got a TAS box. <laughs> and it was one of the most terrible things I've ever had. Um, <laughs> Why were you getting tapas on an EasyJet we flight? We were going to Spain, Susie. We were going to Tenerife. It was a long flight and uh, there were lots of children on the plane and they were screaming and somebody was listening to an iPad without putting their earphones in. <laughs> so I thought I'll treat myself to an Aperol spritz and a tapas box. The, some sort of, I mean... Somebody had decided that the best way to serve Iberico ham was between two pieces of cellophane that had then been concertinaed together. Like, oh. like it was like some sort of piano accordion of, of ham. <laughs> it was so... But I was drunk, so I loved it. But the thing was... Did you was, play a little tune first? Yes, I did. We had a full Kaylee, actually, at the front of the plane. But um, the... The you know there's so many mixed experiences, but you just have to take pleasure where you can find it. Yeah. That's what that's what I'm saying. Have you tried the Fortner Mason <laughs> airline hampers I saw advertised? No. no, this sir. is like the end of um, days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Right? <laughs> uh, is it Hannibal Lecter? You know when Anthony Hopkins orders the hamper? And oh he's in, yeah. He's in a business I'm class, a nice friend. Class. I'm having an old friend but, for but, dinner. But, but I think they do this. I think I mean I saw it advertised. Is a hamper that you take on board with you. Oh, that's I mean, house. But then, that's what would you ideas. do with that wicker basket for your whole holiday? Yeah. Would it fit in front of the seat in front? But, of but you? how could you? You'd feel a bit guilty. Just everyone else is having their coffee and Iberico ham, and, and you're getting a and, picnic <laughs> rug out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've got my Fortnum Mason. Yeah, I've got my wine from Sunday Times. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. I did have a nice hamper from there from um, the Flower Show, actually, mm. Hampton Court. Had a nice one from there. Very, very nice. Very nice. I like hampers, actually. Okay, so where are we going to for wine through? Right, in sorry. Croatia. Yeah. Where? Oh, how are we getting to our next venue? So, why don't we just charter a yacht and sail up to Venice? Love oh, to. I'd love to. And then we can. Can you get a yacht in those canals? Oh, well, I don't. Well, we, we, a, we, a skinny <laughs> yacht. A skin, I was going to say a strong wind, and suddenly you. And then in, we're taking. You're, you're buffered into Lido de Gesola. <laughs> You might be right, actually. Mm. Um, well, we could get a we could we could. What about a couple of jet skis? We could oh, more off. Like yes, we could more off in the Venetian Lagoon, and, like then, and then why don't we take a train to Florence and just have a night in Florence? Just oh, I like that. The and then we will, and then we could take a car to Milan, and we will fly. Great. Uh, long haul. We're going to America. Why not? Oh, we're finishing airport. the wine journey in the Southern Hemisphere. We're going to California. Yes. And we're going to touch down in San Francisco. And we're going to drink a, a very easy drinking red wine from the Central Coast. So this is the area between LA and San Francisco. Okay. And it's called the Pinot Noir Purple Owl. Whenever I've been to America, people are always banging on about like, have you got a Pinot Noir? I love a Pinot Noir. I love the, just a gorgeous Pinot Noir. Oh, we went there. We had the best Pinot Noir. They love to bang on about their Pinot Noirs all the time. Yeah, what is it all about? It's a lighter red, isn't it? Yeah. I'm gonna, it's my favourite. Is it? is it? It's my favourite. Do you Noir. like a, a lighter red? I love a light red. The, the box that the Sunday Times sent me. Oh, I mean, perks of the job. Perks of the job. It's so good. I'm really doing my absolute best mm, to do all of my research. You're doing so well. I wondered why you were but, slurring so much. But the first... The first bottle I got out was the Pinot Noir, and it was excellent, actually. Now, it was excellent. Pinot Noir's home is in France, in Burgundy. So just that sort of um, mm -hmm. in between sort of Dijon and Lyon, in, in, in the east oh, of the Lovely country. mustard. And um, Burgundy has been growing grapes for, thou you know, about a thousand years. It was, it was the sort of monks that, 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 that sort of first cultivated the, monks the did it. Yeah, it was Always the monks. those monks absolutely yeah, hammered, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, the Cesarean monks. I mean, actually, that, that's what happened with California. It was the Spanish Catholic 
missionaries that went there and they mm. planted vines because they needed wine for communion. Oh. And they got all the way up. Oh, they sort of went up to San Francisco, went as high as um, uh, Sonoma County. Pinot Noir is a thin-skinned grape. It's difficult to grow. Unlike Chardonnay, there's only certain parts of the world where it can grow. So France, New Zealand, California. It has to have this sort of um, temperate climate and a bit of limestone as well. There Quite was, needy. Yeah, quite needy. There was That's a why film. I like it. I've aligned with a wine. <laughs> We're the same. Um, <laughs> I'd love to see that you just really drunk talking to a bottle of wine. You don't. The, I mean, you and me, we're the same. I mean, you just stay late after recording. <laughs> <laughs> and I think in, in, in its finest expression, it has this sort of. It can be. It can have a perfume that has that can smell mm. of, of sort of floral notes, mm. but also gamey notes and savoury mm. notes. Here we've got sort of notes of um, of red fruit. I think it's sort of black cherries and raspberries. It's that sort of character. Now, of course, there was this famous book by Rex Pickett called Sideways, mm-hmm. which was yeah. then made into a, a blockbuster film, yeah. in which the central character Miles has this love affair with Pino, and he's the ultimate sort of wine snob. Yeah, and he says in that film, if anybody orders Merlot, which is the antithesis of Pinot, I, I'm I'm going to leave. I'm always yeah. I think I've absorbed that somehow. Yeah. That Merlot snobbery of like, oh, it's so boring, it's so yeah. bland. It's best not. It's best to keep an open, a complete open mind. With, um, I thought you were going to say an open wine there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I did actually. Wine, I think it's right. best to keep a wine open. Yeah. Um, and again, a bit, there's always exceptions. So the, one of the most expensive wines in the world is Petrus or Petrus from Bordeaux. And that's 100% Merlot. Mm. All this um, snobbery is unfounded. What happened after Sideways was everyone started planting Pinot Noir in California. There was a, a rush to plant this grape variety. It's amazing what a film can do. Um, can I say, I think I'm going to say something controversial. Can I just have a lie down? Um, <laughs> I, no, I, um, I was going to say something controversial. I remember trying Malbec yes. about probably 15 years ago. And I was like, wow, what an amazing wine. It's so robust. I like strong flavors, as yeah. I mentioned. I like that. And ever since then, I've had Malbec and I've been so disappointed by it. Is that to do with the proliferation of cheaper Malbecs because people have gone, that's a wine I like. And so suddenly the market is flooded with less less brilliant Malbecs. Or is it just because I don't know what I'm talking about? No, it could be that. But I suspect it's more to do with your own wine journey. Oh, and actually, you start wine loving those primary fruit flavors. Yes, and that's what Malbec has—body and fruit—and actually, quite a short finish. It doesn't right. have that long aftertaste. That's why it goes so well with steak. Mm. But then, what, the, the more wines you taste, the more you realize actually, this beverage is hugely complex. There's a range of flavors, and you probably became a little bit more refined, and oh. so you turn your back on. Isn't the great? sort of obvious primary fruit of Malbec. Sure. Um, and you're in search of something a little bit different. So but, something you know, has changed within more, me. M- more complexity. I think so. I've already tasted it <laughs> while you were talking. I know, because I learned really the third nice. one, I'd learned to wait until I was told. I mean, I've done a lot of these podcasts now. I still don't know. You still get pissed from the beginning, don't you? Mm. I think that is so good. Red fruit, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Let's just keep it simple. Oh, my goodness. What... Oh, and I was getting I was getting something else and afterwards. Almost sort of translucent. Cherries well. afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cher- dark cherries. cherries. 
dark cherries. I've never um, had that experience. Julie Goodyear, I remember on the on the food program in 1989, talking about cherries and blackberries, and everyone was, what are you talking about? That's not real. <laughs> but the um, those aftertastes are... I can feel them there. Pepper, yeah. red peppers, and it's and it's um it's it's sort of it's just approachable, isn't it? Mm. It has that sort of I don't want to sound patronising, but that sort of Californian. You can almost taste the sun and the ripe fruit there. There's an ease to yeah. it as well, isn't you can there? Compared to a European wine, which could be more savoury and restrained. Mm. Does it feel like Pinot Noir is having a real moment? Well, mm. it never went. It's a classic. It never right. went away. But it's so, like Dua But but. but <laughs> <laughs> it's very much the wine, Julie. But but, but, but but certainly, um, the sideways film gave it such a, a, a huge boost in mm. California. Mm. Um, I love that sense of American drinking, of kind of going. I'd love a glass of Pinot Noir. Where I think, in if I was, if I'd ordered a glass of this in in the UK, my instinct would be to go. I'd like the whole bottle, please. I'll drink it on my own. Let's get another bottle. I really liked it. I get absolutely hammered, wake up the next day like, why am, I, why am I so sad? Why is my head so heavy? Because I can't, I can't go, that's enough now. You enjoyed that. That now was a nice thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, but in America, they do just order by the glass, don't they? Yeah. yeah and so. I think you, ha- I mean, I don't want, it's a big place, but in California, sure, sure. certainly, um, that th- there is a reason they all look so healthy and they have this amazing lifestyle. I mean, they eat early. Oh, I mean, yeah. I remember going there and, and phoning up the restaurant saying, I've got a, got a flight in the morning. I want to come in about six. Is that okay? They're like, yeah, fine. No problem. Went down there. It was absolutely packed. Mm. Yeah, By eight o'clock, everyone had virtually left. What happens there? They go to bed. They go to bed, I think. And, 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 and They've got do, their spin classes at five. Just as you oh, said. Yeah, if, on a Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> if you have more than half a bottle of wine, they're like, oh my God, we've got an alcoholic in. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah okay. worry about you. Whereas the reverse is true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, yeah. She only drank half a bottle. Is she but, all right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's a lot to be said for it, actually, isn't there? But the, 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 you, Probably. You know, I don't know. I'm too drunk it? to hear. Moderation. It's moderation. <laughs> I will. Can I ask you something? Yeah. I went on this flight I was mentioning. I was going to Tenerife. And I like to, when I go on holiday, I like to say, can I have a vino tinto locale? Which, for those who don't speak fluent Spanish, like I clearly do, a, a glass of red wine, a local red wine. I think it's nice to yes. have the, the sample of the local delicacy. Normally that's come up great, really great whenever I've been anywhere. Um, in Tenerife, they said, are you sure? And I said, yes. And we'd had other <laughs> local red wines, which were very nice. And this particular place, they said, are you sure? I said, yes. They brought it over. It was literally the most disgusting thing I've ever had. Um, I, don't, I don't mean to be crass. It tasted like shit. <laughs> and um, when I queried it with the um, restaurant, uh, they said, well, it is very minerally because of yeah. course we're a volcanic island. So it, And I was like, where the hell are you growing this? Like, in, in the rose beds with the manure, it was so great. Like, had the most awful... Like, you'd sniff it and you were like, oh, oh, God, it was horrible. <laughs> so, and then the taste wasn't much better. And I was like, maybe it needs to be aerated. So we took the bottle back to our hotel room to try and aerate it, to try and see it. Every time it was like... Why didn't you just give up, Tom? You're on telly. You've got enough money to just leave a bottle of wine now. <laughs> I will <laughs> just not. Leave it. I will you don't not. Need to drink That's what it. I'm saying to you. I was... I had the sense. <laughs> <laughs> Working class, southeast London background is that you don't waste nothing so you (laughs) bought it don't waste nothing you bought it you're at some point gonna have to drink it so it was it was so horrible tom i'm so glad you've said this i have a great friend called daniel primack who loves tenerife so 
as that sommelier explained to you, it is a volcanic island, isn't it? Yeah. I believe. But the, the, the wines are incredibly dry. Okay. And they've got high acidity. And now yeah. they do have this sort of cult following okay. amongst uber, uber wine lovers. Okay. Like the, it's like the group within the group within the group. Okay. Um, but I'm with you. They are, you know, they are pretty unapproachable. It was like... Well, you've described it. Like hair removal cream. <laughs> oh. That's what it smelled like. It really like yeah. stuck to the... Is this like, Nair? Nair. Yeah. It was like a glass of Imac. Yeah, it was so... It was so horrible. And we'd had other wines from Tenerife, which were beautiful and really lovely. We took these back to the hotel we were staying at, and they had a, a really nice waiter in the bar there. And I said, is it me or is this weird? And he went, I don't like it. And, um, and then another waiter came over, uh, and, and she said, um, I don't mind it. It's very much typical of some of the like, yeah. volcanic vineyards. Would I, on a Saturday lunchtime, when I'm having my, just ordered my Waldorf salad. tiny pieces of Parmesan. <laughs> Yes. It wouldn't Three be the first thing I would them. order from a restaurant wine list, or even if I was with a wine. What would be the first thing you'd order? Well, it depends what mood I'm in, really. Okay, so but, but, but it would, it would be a white wine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've just got. Where have you got to on holiday? Mm, Maybe yeah. you've got to somewhere somewhere nice in Italy. You've got the mm. afternoon to yourself. Oh, lovely! You're yes. not working in the afternoon. You've got your shorts on. You've got yeah. your shorts. You've nipped back to the hotel. You popped your shorts <laughs> on. Quickly got changed. Popped on your espadrilles. <laughs> espadrilles are on and a short sleeve shirt. Mm. And you've popped down to a maybe like a um, outside on an Aston. like an Aston exactly that like an Aldi. No, yeah, no, you're outside. You're outside. It's that you can see the beach. The oh, sun's a lovely. <laughs> the top. <laughs> what are you drinking? Wouldn't be bubbles because no. I, I think oh, that's no, with, you have to share that with someone. Yes. Yeah, it's a bit sad opening yeah. bottle of champagne oh, by yourself. Oh, is, is, it? It? <laughs> is it late afternoon? Is it late afternoon? It's it? late afternoon. Yes, yeah, so you know yeah, so you've got lunch, dinner. You've got two, dinner in a couple of hours. What I would have? What would you if have? I had a novel with me? I would have a dry Captain Corelli's mandolin in my hand. Yes, yes. I would have a ramekin of olives. Oh, yes, yes, yes. just a and ramekin, please. A dry sherry. Oh, what in Italy. Really in Italy. Dry sherry. Oh, we were in Italy, yes. We can be. We, we, well, we, I, we, I, we, I thought we were just in Sunday. I did say Italy initially, but we. But I, just, I, I was just thinking of the really sort like. of southern Mediterranean. A Montiardo. A, a, a very sort of pale, dry sherry. Oh, yeah. That sort of is. is Harvey's the, Bristol the, Cream. Smells of sort of. <laughs> no, yeah. No, but <laughs> nice sort of nutty and yeasty. And you would just sip it. That's actually my drag name. You would just sip it gently for, for, for a couple of hours. See, when, when, when am I going to learn to sip it gently and not like, even these wines, like you've spat most of them out. Susie's got most of hers left in the glass. I'm like, oh, there's anything left. I'll drink it. I'll drink it. <laughs> As though I'm never going to get another drink again. I, I, I think it always feels like such a treat. It is a treat. Well, there's a, come on our show. there's a lot to be said for our Californian cousins, aren't there? That you oh, know, oh, slow it down. Say, they really smashed this. And who was it that wrote that, you know, buying a round in the pub was very nice because they... It meant that you could um, show hospitality mm -hmm. because you could always afford it. But mm. also the ritual of it slowed down drinking in a way because everyone needs to yeah. finish before you go up and buy oh, another round. Oh, lovely. Um, Unless you're with Tom and then you're really mm, trying to keep up. Okay. Okay, guys. Let's get in. A, should we get in a few? <laughs> yeah. what, is, what is your pub snack of choice, William? Oh, now, well, then, now, are we now going to guilty pleasures? Because I do pork like scratching? pork scratchings. I love a pork scratching. I oh, love yeah. pork scratchings. I love it, especially when it's got hair on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Mm -mm, yes, please. Um, but I like real ale, actually, which is unfashionable. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I, I like it now. 
I, do you find that, Susan? I don't. I, I, don't I like mind it. I quite like it. I don't know what all the fuss is about these like big, generic branded beers. Yeah, I no. like ale. I like an ale. It feels like more a sort of a bespoke experience. Yeah, and also a bit perversely, I quite like it on a summer's day. Yeah, I get I it. Don't warm. Think it's perverse. People can make such yeah. a fuss about it being oh, it's warm, but I go well. It's, I can't drink really cold things because yeah. they really hurt my yes. throat. Well, I can't also drink they, them they, fast they, enough. They, you know, um, you know the na- aim of the game. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, they do. So it, it's not good for the, the, the sort of palate, is it, to, to put down lots of cold water? Yes. Yeah, I don't like that. No. I don't like a water cooler either. No. I think that's a waste of energy. Global warming. Hello. <laughs> Yes, that's oh, my solution. There you go. Carry on with your flights. Yeah, I once read, um, I the water cooler, uh, which I do also take on the flight. I once read an article for the Wall Street Journal saying that, 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 exactly that, that we all chill our wines too much. And also, oh. we shouldn't really have ice with our water. Why, why can't we just have it tepid? Yeah. Mm. And the comments were... Oh, oh really? Imagine. Americans love ice. And <laughs> the the, the I, best I comment... Yes, that's why they wrote that song. <laughs> the best comment was, I cannot respect Will Lyons. <laughs> really? <laughs> Because I actually wrote I- that before I met you. Yeah. Now I'm a huge fan, and I really care what you have well, to say. The thing, the thing with American drinks is, I, I've had, I have lovely times whenever I've been to America. I love it there. But the drinks, firstly, why have they got a weird hat on the straw? Why have they got a straw? Yeah. A weird hat on the straw you've got to take off. Then, like mostly ice, and then a bit of drink. You go to drink it, the ice smashes you into the face. Yeah. You feel like you're on the Titanic or something. <laughs> You are the Titanic. What I do is their service culture is immaculate. Yes. So as soon as you sit down, the glass appears full of ice. Yeah. Water. 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 And Um, then it's just, they never forget you. I mean, it's Hello. Yeah, it is very impressive. Although um, I have had experiences where sometimes it's quite robotic. The yes. there. Yeah, I suppose I was sorry. I went to a wine bar in Sonoma on my own recently. Mm. Uh, Living the sideways dream. And they said, um, "This table outside, do you mind?" I said, "Yeah, absolutely fine." And I was right outside in the corner. I thought, well, "I'm going to be forgotten here." It's in the car park. And they <laughs> and they came back. You know, quite. I was. It was. I was amazed. Oh, that's that, nice. Yeah, I've found that sometimes I'm like, with the, "Hi, how are you?" If you go, "Oh, you know, actually, I'm having quite a difficult day," they're like, "Great." So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that their how are you's are a, a gentler. Yeah, than yeah, than like this. Darling, how are you? Yeah, are you okay? Are you yeah. Which are you is something right? that's it's been just said something to, me to quite say, a lot. Them. How now, are you? How are you? Now, it's Tom, like, I want to know what what did you think of this final wine? Oh my goodness, I loved it. Do you love it? I love this one. Really love it. The complexity of it. That's what I'm always looking for in a wine is that what I never know what the word is. But I guess it's just Expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Um, it's nice. For me, it's, I mean, easy drinking sounds so, it sounds like something that people write in Tesco's underneath mm. the bottle of wine, but it is just, it's so, mm. yeah. It's, it's like you've so opened nice. a cupboard and it's full of perfumes. Well, please yeah. don't vomit when I'm talking. <laughs> so sorry. And it's full of like lovely perfume. That's yeah. what that's like. It's, and I think as well, I'm trying to learn how to balance like the palate, you know, like mm. with like spicy food, like the spice should be on the side, I think, of the tongue and the yeah. roof of the mouth. It shouldn't be like all over your mouth. It should be like mm. things like that. Rosemary Schrager taught me that recently on Cooking with the Stars, coming soon to ITV. But <laughs> the, um, the, um, the way that the palate experiences things, mm. like with that one, I feel like it's a real, it's, I can really feel how it's dancing yeah. over. There you go, have the rest of the bottle. Well, thanks. I'm going around to my mum's later. <laughs> thank you, Tom. Cheers. Tom, thank you so much for coming on. 
uh, Wine Times. We mm. loved having you. I have loved um, coming on the podcast and getting off my face. <laughs> so thank you for having me. I've loved every every sip, every conversation, and may I wish you both long, long life tier points. <laughs> That's it from us today. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Wine Times in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club, produced by Ben Mitchell. You can follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just do this via your normal podcast provider. And we'll be back next week with more delicious wine and a fabulous guest. And remember that all of the wines we tasted today are available from the Sunday Times Wine Club website. But from all of us here at Amazing Grace, thank you very much for listening and we hope to see you next week for more Wine Times. iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 